Hello and welcome to the On The Knob pod. I'm your host, Will Rooney, and today I'm joined by regular tipster Henry Gibbs. And we have another very special guest with us. We have a man who trains out of Cheltenham, a man who loves a slice of cake just as much as banging in a winner. It's <laughs> Fergal O'Brien. Fergal, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. Delighted to be here. Uh, I mean, first of all, Fergal, we'll start off with your career in racing. I think you came over to, to Britain in 1989. You've had some journey, haven't you, from working with Nigel Twist and Davis to, to taking out your, your own license in 2011. You're right to just go through what made you make the journey over to England, first of all, and how it developed from there. Um, Susan, I'm trying to think there's someone out there now. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, I've been very lucky, you know, that it's, um, I, you know, people say that I say that I'm lucky a lot because I do feel I'm very lucky. Um, I do feel that I'm very lucky um, in the people that I've met along the way. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a combination of being in the right place at the right time. I, I, I came to England, first of all, when I was 14 to spend the summer with my brother, Brian, up in, up in not far from me, actually up near Malpas, just, uh, just outside Malpas. Um, uh, and um, so I, I spent a little bit of time there. Uh, I was, went there for, I was meant to be there for a week or 10 days for the summer holidays and I ended up spending three months there. So I was 14, I turned 15 there. Uh, so I had to go back and do my, um, what would be the equivalent of my GCSEs, my, my intercert. And I went back and, and did that. And then once I did that, um, my brother Brian's boss uh, organized for me to go to the British Racing School once I'd, um, once, once I turned 16. So I was 16 in August and uh, in the February I came over the following February, I came over to, to the racing school. And, you know, from there on, you know, that's really where the, the look comes into it, I suppose, is that, you know, I was meant to go back to a, a, another trainer and um, up north and things might not have worked out well. And last minute, he couldn't have me. So the racing school were very good. And um, chap called Major Griffiths was in charge at the time. And he was good friends with Tim Foster. And I was just very lucky that they put me on the bus to Wantage from Newmarket. And, you know, 16. And when I look back now and I think my own children are, my eldest daughter was nearly 15. And I just think it was bonkers. There was no mobile phones. Like, I was, you know, I may as well be on the other side of the world, let alone in England. And anyway, I managed to get the bus to Oxford and I was picked up from Oxford to go and work with the, for the captain. And that was my, um, that was my saving grace. You know, that was the, the grounding that someone like someone young like me needed. Um, uh, you know, the, the captain had been, had three grand national winners by then. When I went there, the, you know, we had sort of, he had about 55, 60 horses. Um, but the staff he had there had been there. The majority of them had been there 15, 20 years. All lads. There was no girls in racing then, really. Um, the last year I was there, a couple of girls uh, came into racing then. But all, all lads. So, you know, it was it was a, a hard introduction, but a great introduction. If you worked hard, the others looked after you. And it was a real family. You know, it was old-fashioned. We all did three or four horses. Um, like I said, the, the, the majority of them in there... 15, 20 years, done the job, being in the same job, being with the captain all those years. So he was a wonderful boss. Um, and I was just very lucky to end up there as a 16-year-old, wanting to learn. I think that's the, the important thing is that you, that you need to want to learn. Uh, and, and from there, you know, it, it just went really well. I was, I was lucky that, you know, um, I, I learned a lot from those people who, who, who were there and I learned a lot from the captain. Uh, and um, yeah, it was just, it was, a, it, was a, it was a really good time for me, you know, and um, I went to the captain actually and said to him, look, I'd like to, to ride. And he, he said to me, look, you'll, you'll never be a jockey, but you make, make a, a wonderful head lad. And uh, <laughs> as, as, as disappointed as I was at the time, you know, he was, he was very much right. And, you know, I was there for three and a half years. And even after I left the captains, I, um, 
I set in touch with him and, and actually, to be fair, not long before he died, uh, he was in hospital in Shetland. So I went and spent some time with him and he wrote me a lovely card afterwards. So that's really nice. That's, you know, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Touched on his life there. And then obviously you moved to, to Nigel Tristan Davis and what a few years that was for yourself involved in what? Two Grand National winners and a, and a Cheltenham Gold Cup winner as well. That must have been yeah. absolutely yeah, you know, to, to go to not literally from the captains to Nigel's, I, I might as well, you know, it was really the chalk and cheese. You know, the captain was very old fashioned and he had different types of owners. You know, Nigel was just getting going, school was retired, had retired. Um, and it was a real, real happening place. You know, it was it was a million miles an hour, whereas everything at the captain was, like I said, very old fashioned, very slow, very steady, brought the horses on really, very slowly. And, you know, that's the type of owner he had. But, you know, things were changing and Martin Piper changed the way people trained and one thing or another. So it was a it was a it was a different time. So look, it was it was great and, and you know I got I went into Nigel at the right time again by luck. Um I knew Carl Llewellyn from from um from my time with the captains and it was you know he he, he got awarded me with for them with them for me. So I went there as a lad and I was there a couple of years as a lad and the head girl left and, and so um and I just said, you know, we take over being the head lad, and by then we were probably up to eighty horses by then. So it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a, it was a, it was, um, it was a great time. It was a great time to to be involved with. Lots of really good young hustler was there, um, you know, Captain Devils. We just had so many lovely horses, lovely chasers, and um, yeah, fantastic time. And I, 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 you know, I, I, I even look back now, I thoroughly enjoyed my eighteen years there. You know. What was the best day after Twist and Davis Yards for yourself? I know obviously we read a few big winners, weren't the Gold Cup or National? How's they compare? Funny, really. I, I, like this is a, it's a fairly common question. It's it's and it's not a straightforward answer. You know, the easy answer would be the Gold Cup day because you know it was lovely that we won the Gold Cup. Sam Twist and Davis rode, won the Fox Hunters, and Paddy won the 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 uh, Johnny Henderson on the Grand Annual on Pigeon Island. You know, three winners at a festival. Like, why couldn't that be the best day? Um, you know, especially with Sam. Sam was ten months old when I went there. So, you know, felt very proud about that as well. But I suppose Bindery winning the national because Snyder had already decided to give up training by then, which no one knew about. Um, after Chatham, he he went away skiing for a few days with some friends, and on the Sunday, um, Kathy's wife, ex-wife, probably even at the time, um, sort of said, "Look." No, no, just just decided it's not working anymore, and we'd had a bad season. You know, we'd had a bad couple of seasons. Him and Skew had fallen out; they'd gone their own ways, sort of thing. And he just, no, just thought it would be easy just to pack up and move and try something else. You know, so it was. Um, so Bindery probably saved us all, really. You know, um, and and that was the turning point for us all. And like again, you know, just look. Um, poor Jamie Goldstein was supposed to ride him. Had a fall on the Monday, the Tuesday. Ludlow broke his leg. So Jim Kalati came in, and you know, I think I said it to Jim before. There was, there was, there was only, there was no one more frightened to go around Cheltenham that day, going around Aintree that day, than, than only other than Bindery. The, the, the mm. two of them were petrified. Jim was coming to the end of his career and never let go of Bindery's head till after the last. You know, sort of picked his way around and, and that suited Bindery. You know, so um, he was a bit of a character. And um, so look, that, that's probably the day that sort of saved us already, and that's why I'm I'm here now. So it's probably thanks to Bindery. We're obviously all from Liverpool, actually about five minutes from Aintree, all of us. And yeah. is that what the sort of, obviously the Grand National, we know just how big it is. We see the crowds that come to our area every year. Is that the sort of race that it's like it can revive someone's career or it can propel someone's career? Someone that you think like Silver Birch or Gordon Elliott, it, it puts people on the map or back on the map, doesn't it? 
Yeah, no, you're, you're you're right to some degree, but but you know, Gordon Elliott was always going to be do what he does because that's you know the cream was right. But you know, we won two nationals at, at Nigel's with you know with Bindery and Eric Summit, and you know, there was an influx of horses. And I remember speaking to Venetia Williams after she won the Grand National, and again, it was there was no huge influx of horses, you know. So, um, you know, and there's a few Grand National trainers who sort of didn't didn't go on afterwards, and um, uh, Tony Dobbins won, you know that that nice man who trained that, you know, he, he retired probably four or five years afterwards, Steve Brookshaw, uh, or Brookhouse, uh, Brook, yeah, whatever. Um, so, you know, he retired not long afterwards. So yeah, it is, it's, it's a fantastic race. And I've been very lucky. My first, first runner was Alvarado and he, he yeah. was fortunate and, you know, it's an amazing race. Like they, I, I suppose maybe living in, living so close to Cheltenham, um, uh, entry for us, it really is, you know, you, you know. So Cheltenham for us, the Cheltenham Festival for us is is fantastic, and it's a big build up, and it's great. But you're here living in it, and so you have people coming to the yard all the time, and it's, a, you know, you get over that, and then you go to entry, and we go to entry on the Thursday, so we stay Thursday night, Friday night. Um, myself and Sally, we've met the same friends every year for the last five years since we've been together for dinner on, on the Thursday night and on the Friday night. And it's, it's always a great, it's just, it's just a great party atmosphere. You can go anywhere in Liverpool and you'll have a great time, you know? Um, and, and that's why we love, you know, uh, you know, maybe for Donald, someone like Donald McCain, who's so close to Aintree, maybe it's like Cheltenham is for us, you know, and it's a busy time for him, but yeah, you know, we just love, we love, love Aintree. Yeah. Definitely. And you took your trainer's license out in 2011. Did it just feel like the right time to go off and do your own thing? Then, as you, you as you said, mentioned you had eighteen years at Swiss and David Yard. Did you just feel ready to go off and have that responsibility to to be the man in charge of, of a yard? Um, no, not really. It was again, you know, it was it was, it was circumstances that got me there. You know, I was training point to pointers with my ex-wife, and we were doing well with that. We had fifteen or twenty pointers in, and and Hunter Chase, and I was very lucky that Nigel let me do it in between. You know, uh, alongside the the. The, the my 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 day job sort of thing, um, uh, but it was a case of uh, you know I met Carlo Wellen at the races one day and said you know how are you getting on he said he was having a bad time and wasn't enjoying he was training for Malcolm Denmark wasn't wasn't really enjoying it, um, uh, so he 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 said he didn't think he'd, he'd be there for much longer so I came back and said to Nigel look I think Carlo's um is struggling a bit and I think he'll he'd be a big asset to us so. You know, I was the one who brought Carl back to Grangehill Farm to Naunton. And um, he, he came back and just Carl, look, he started training. And from in my eyes, he, you know, myself and Nigel had done it all the way for sort of 16 uh, successful years. And Carl came back in and pitched in with some fairly radical ideas, which, you know, I just thought. And even when he came up with a good idea, I just, you know, went against it because it got to that point, you know, where, um, it, you know, Two became string. It didn't. It didn't work for me. Um, and I suppose that's really again down to possibly maybe, you know, we just maybe when Carl came back and we should have set out our roles a bit better, you know. And and you know when you're bringing someone else back in, we just thought it would all just rumble along nicely, and it it just didn't. So mm. it got to a point where I was just fed up, and it was either put up or shut up. And I, I've never done the job for, for, for to just to take a wage on because it's not that type of job. Um, it's always had to be, and I, I'd, I'd lost, I'd fallen out of love with it a little bit at Naunton. Um, you know, they they were pushing Paddy out, which I didn't think was, you know, if they didn't want Paddy to ride, they should have just told 
Paddy, look, we don't want you to ride anymore. Sam's going to ride everything. But it, just, it, it, it wasn't done right. And, you know, I, was, I felt every day was a bit of a battle between one thing and another and trying to fight Paddy's corner a little bit, which I'm still doing nine years onwards. But, uh, but you know, Paddy was very good for us and he was, he was very loyal to the yard and he was a very good jockey. And, you know, I just didn't think it was done right. Um, so, you know, Timmy Murphy would start come move to the area, bought a farm. So... Um, Chris Coley, who was an owner at Nigel, just sort of said, look, if you want to start up, I'll, I'll back you. And some of my point-to-point owners said, look, we'll move the horses from points to under rules. And that's where we went. You know, myself and Ali Sterling, who was at Nigel's at the time with us, we started with about eight horses uh, at Timmy's in 2011. And Touchwood has gone from there. I mean, 63 winners, was it, last season when the season was curtailed and with the coronavirus and 58 already? This season, so you're going to surpass your, your total last season. You'd like to touch towards so. <laughs> what, what's been the, the reason behind this upturn for yourself? Do you think why do you think you've all of a sudden catapulted yourself to a next level? Um, I, I was always we were lucky when I started off, you know, my first season, I think we had 11 winners. And we started in October, and then we went to sort of 28 winners, which was for a yard of you know 28 winners, we, we probably had 40 horses at a time. Uh, and then the following season, you know, we, we flew and we had, I think, had 47, 48 winners. Um, and then, you know, just things, then life got in the way and things went wrong and my marriage went wrong. And just, you know, things happened for different reasons. You know, it was just it was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of pressure running the business and just things went wrong. So it was just, it, it was a wrong time. Um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a difficult time for, for me. And so numbers dropped away. Um, lots of things happened uh, and again you know um, it was just a difficult time and again I was lucky in the fact that you know Nigel then heard that um, I was looking for a new place it, the top yard was empty so I had a we had a poor season with sort of still so I say a poor season I think we still had 30 odd winners um, but just didn't have the support network that that, that I sort of needed really um, and then Nigel uh was talking to me one day and he said look the top yard is there so you know, i heard you have to move top yard is there it's 45 boxes there if you want to move back there uh, and that was again a stroke of luck and a, a massive turning point for me in that you know i felt like I, I was sort of a bit lost of where i was going and what direction i was going and like i said my marriage is split up and things like that and, and suddenly i was going back to where i felt very comfortable back to naunton uh back to gallops that I knew very well. Um, it wasn't easy training at Kildare, although we trained uh, a fair few winners. It was hard to train there because it wasn't a great gallop. Um, the, the other circumstances as well, but um, it was just a difficult place to train. So, yeah, it sort of lo- lost our way a little bit, but going back to Naunton just sort of gave us that step up again. And, and then, again, you know, coincidentally, you, you know, um, Sally came along, Sally Randall came along, who trained her own right. Sally had ridden me a winner through my very difficult times called um um I've forgotten his name now <laughs> won the grand military for me on Bradley sorry on Bradley um uh and again you know just by sheer luck um she decided she wanted to ride it uh, and uh so I'd met Sally then and hadn't seen her you know for a year and a half and uh and then I moved back to Naunton and then I was at the sales uh, in the September after moving back to Naunton, having a great start, moved back, you know, had eight winners in the first two months or something like that. I'm at Doncaster sales, spring of my step, literally bump into her, bearing in mind she's 12 years younger than me and I'm really punching above my weight here. And uh, 
full of confidence because I'm training winners and uh, got <laughs> chatting to her and uh, just asked her out. Didn't even know whether she could be married with four kids for all I knew. Just said, look, if you fancy going for a drink sometime. Actually, no, I sent her a text. So I was too cold <laughs> to ask her out. I sent her a text and I uh, said, if you fancy going for a drink sometime, let me know. And it literally went from there, you know, and we've, we've been together, um, you know, just over five years just over five years now. And she was a big, she, you know, she's been a big part of this. Uh, also, I think Paddy, um, not riding so much for Tom George when, when Adrian Heskin came over, you know, Paddy was more focused on here. And like no one can underestimate the part that Paddy has played in my career mm. um, because of his feedback. And just it's just a constant there. You know, I've seen other trainers do better than us for for a year or two and then drop away. And, but the one thing that we've had constant, I've had constant, uh, you know, through good times and bad is Paddy Brennan. Um, and, you know, he, he's like the rest of us. We have good days and we have bad days. And, you know, um, we, you know, even now we, we, we had a shocker on Saturday and, but we talk about it and, you know, I, I I'm just convinced Asuka Honeybee was ridden all wrong at Exeter and he went and rode him this exactly the same at Newcastle and got beat again by a head and, cost us a, a, another fight in fifth which he did on Imperial Alcazar last year um, so but you know where he's been there and he understands and he knows that you know I, I know that he always wants to win and um, uh, and uh, you know he's been a constant in the last in the last nine years and it was lovely a couple of years ago that Colin's sister was his thousand winner um, you know so that was lovely that that was for us but so I think that the sorry the long that was a long one the, the oh, short answer is the, the the short answer is I think that the 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 uptake has been because of you know Paddy and Sally you know that and having that you know Dr Simon who does all our social media Chris Coley is obviously still there Jeff Keys having having that huge support network uh, around me that just const- lets me concentrate on training horses really you know do you think having a top jockey like Paddy Bennett as well when owners know they're going to have a top jockey in Paddy riding horses do you think that attracts them to sending them to you rather than other trainers as well perhaps. Yeah, look, I don't know whether Paddy will ever see this or not, but Paddy knows as well that it, it costs the odd owner as well, you know. Because some people don't like his style, you know, and that's fine, and each to their own, and you know. But I'm all, I'll always, I'll always want Paddy to ride the horses, you know, and um, you, you know, and, and that's when Paddy's very good with all the younger lads, you know. He's been fantastic with Connor and Liam and Max, you know. Max Kendricks Kentles, you know, two years ago probably haven't ridden seven or eight winners a season had ridden plenty of winners, but haven't ridden seven or eight winners no confidence and just paddy just you know you know his mother thinks the life giving him it's all down to, to, to paddy you know paddy's talks to him every race after every race before every race and and max is riding phenomenal now you know just you wouldn't have a hesitation of putting max in any of the horses um and, and he's been brilliant with liam and connor as well you know so yeah it's not just what what you see on the on the race course it's the whole it's the whole package you get, you know, he'll be in here on a Monday and a Thursday um, um, with, with Neil Jukes, who again is another huge addition to, to, to the team here. Uh, that, and and they'll, they'll do entries together. Uh, we'll all do entries together. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a big, like I said, I keep saying that it goes on a bit, but uh, you know, I'm a small cog in a big wheel and I'm just lucky to have the, the people to make the wheels go around. As a trainer, what would you say your best winner has been? Um, Difficult again, you know, very difficult, you know. Very proud of Barney Dwayne. He didn't win, but presenting Percy mugged as a Cheltenham, you know, very proud of him. I suppose maybe it, that is a tricky one because there's, there's so many of them, but um, uh, Master D, I suppose, at Kempton a few years ago, a couple of years ago, you know, we 
give him a break. And, you know, I was very lucky that the Rooney's sort of had, and Jason McGuire had the confidence in me to, mm. to, um, to give the horse a break and, and come back and go, go with the impression. But, you know, there's been so many of them, you know, look, I really, I suppose things like um, St. Brie Lady this summer, Chatland the Vaz, you know, pretty average horses that, you know, St. Brie Lady never looked like she'd win anything and won two on the bounce and was a very good third, you know, so they're the ones that really, you know, you get a real kick out of. Um, but like I said, like some Master D winning a racing post chase are the ones that sort of put you up there, I suppose, yeah. Definitely. A one horse that you must still get a kick out of is the old time, a perfect candidate who, uh, well, 13, 14, won again a Haydock last time out. Yeah. What, a, what a warrior he's been for you. Yeah, you know, like it would be easy to say, you know, what, what race gave me the most pleasure, but, but that, and that would be one. But, you know, that's literally down to perfect candidate and it's down to Shannon who looks after him and Sophie who rides him, you know. So um, I'm definitely on the fringe of that one, you know. That's, you know, but, but again, it's all, that was all down to, to, to really good planning by all of us, you know, to get the running team at, at Aintree because that's that was the important thing to to lead him on to Haydock, you know, and and it was important that Paddy rode him at, at Aintree because I guarantee if one of the boys had ridden him, perfect hand would have pulled himself up after five jumps, whereas Paddy was able to cajole him round him. He needed that, you know, he needed that three mile round Aintree, even though he, he you know he he, he was never going to win it. He, he needed that for Haydock, and that was again down to to, to good planning by everyone, you know. And what next for them now? Do you find somewhere that's going to be like a bog again? He seems to relish yeah. those conditions. Well, I hope so. He'll hopefully go back to Haydock. He finished second in the Haydock race at the end of December. He'll go back there again and um, and we'll see how we go from there, yeah. Brilliant. Henry, I know you've got a couple you want to ask about. So you want to fire away? Yeah, Fergal, the first one that is on my little shortlist is Silver Hallmark for yourself. Um, yeah, ran a big race, didn't he, on his seasonal debut? Just getting touched off by Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, I can see it has won a point to point over three miles, hasn't it? Would you be looking at stepping it up and trip now, maybe? Or no, we think we'll keep him at two and a half or thereabouts for now. Like he, 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 um, he beat um, Paul Nick's good horse over two miles around Chepstow last year. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fabulous he over, over two miles. He's got loads, loads of speed and, um, Two and a half is probably fine for him now. He does need soft ground, and um, but yeah, no, he's a lovely horse. He's very straightforward. You know, very lucky that you know I trained Alvarado for William and Andrew Rucker, uh, who was like he was like perfect candidate, and uh, he would just turn up and, and do his job. You know, he, he did, we didn't run him much, but we knew what races we had to go. What we had the aim him at, and we did. You know, and you know the, the Rookers never minded him running at Cheltenham in January because that fitted in nicely, even though if he, I think he pulled up two of the years, but it, it led on to, to, to Aintree and it led on to air, you know? So, um, um, but yeah, silver, silver Homer is a lovely horse. And, uh, I'm not quite sure where we go with him next. Uh, uh, he had a little bit of a niggle when he came back from, um, he had a cut in his back leg when he came back from Exeter and that took us a little bit of time to get right. But, um, we'll get him out in the next couple of weeks, I suppose. And another one I've got on my list is Javi's plate. It's a horse that's probably always shown, a bit of class, hasn't it? It's got potential. It just has its its good days and its bad days, like as all, I suppose. Is any races in mind for Jarvis Place? Uh, no, 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 Jarvis. We haven't got anything in mind for him. Jarvis is just one of those. He's just he's a little bit soft and probably a, he needs a four or five runner graduation chase. You know, he, he won very well around Chepstow first time out last year and just never really went on from there. Probably slightly my own fault, really, because I I, I, I we ran him there and. 
uh, we had a plan for him and then we went away from the plan and we, we took him to Haydock or somewhere a couple of weeks later and we chucked him in with the with the handicappers and just wasn't that wasn't the right thing to do. So we've learned from that and you know we wouldn't wouldn't do that again with another one. Um and so yeah, he he, he just wants a smaller run fit. He's got lots of potential, lots of ability, and we just need to eat that out of him. So um he's one of the ones that's gone to gone to the new yard. Um, because we think it'll spark up a little bit more life in him. So, um, fingers crossed. But no Cheers, Fagel. And then the last one I've got on my list is on that ran a Haydock um, last week. Imperial Alcazar um, finished middle of the pack, didn't it, in the handicap hurdle. But I think that's a horse that's got a decent pot in him. Would you agree? hundred uh, percent. Well, uh, yeah, I hope you're right. Like he goes to you talks her next um, next Tuesday for a novice chase. It was a difficult one for us really because you know um, he, he he came back to us a little bit, not much, but a little bit later than he normally would would have I mean, normally would have had him back. So it was a case of you know do we just bat on straight over hurdles or do we just wait a little bit and 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 go and go um, and, uh, you know do we wait a little bit and go chasing so. The idea was to give to, to to give him that run in that handicap hurdle, just to you know to, to see where we were with him. That that was a very difficult race. You know, Astillon was was um was fortunate. And, you know, he'd had a run, albeit you know he fell at at Cheltenham in, in October. But at least he'd been on the track and had a run. Um, Imperial Alcazar travelled very well, jumped very well, and uh, just got a bit tired really. So hopefully that's putting spot on for for next Tuesday. You talk to her, but we think he's a lovely horse. Yeah. Yeah, cheers. That's that's all from me. Well, I think you've got a few yourself, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I've, I've just got I've just got one Fagel myself, which is um, Oscar Rose, who won at Kempton last time out. Did that get in get into get here into the new mayor's race at Cheltenham's? Is it for the qualifier, or would she have to go up in the in the weights a bit more to qualify for that? I haven't really looked at the, that mayor's race, but she she runs again. Um, she runs around Christmas time somewhere. Um, but again, you know. She probably didn't do as well over over hurdles as as we would have liked, but I think we probably what we did learn from about her was that um is that that she is definitely better going right handed on nicer ground, you know. Um we over hurdles we ran her on all sorts. Um and but she she's a lovely mare and we'll we'll keep her in 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 that sort of company and we we'll, yeah so she's in at Win Canton on the twenty sixth, uh in a in a mare's chase and um. Yeah, she she she's um you know right-handed, decent ground. Um, you know we we'd be hopeful that she'll um keep keep progressing and be lovely. She ended up at Cheltenham, although that is left-handed. But anyway, we'll t- we'll take a chance on the one day. Superb, superb, Billy Fagel. Just finally, and we'll ask you one horse that mightn't be mentioned. Is there any that we should have on our radar to keep an eye on for the rest of the season? Um, again, that's so difficult. You know. <laughs> I got a nice horse called um, called uh, City Derby, which was a bit unlucky in his bumper the other day, uh, a couple of weeks ago. He got taken out and one fell next to him on the bend and sort of took him out and, and Paddy unfortunately came off the back of him and then he ran into a rail and slipped up. But, you know, uh, it was too early. Paddy says he would have won that day. Well, whether he would or wouldn't, he was still going to run very well. And, um, you know, he's by a sire we really like. He's by Ask, um, which is a really tough sire, which is you know, Ocean Cove, Aston, and Ask a Honeybee, you know, by a good sire. Um, so we really like him and, uh, you know, hopefully he'll be back out around Christmas time. And, um, yeah, he'd be one that, that probably wouldn't be on many people's radars. 
Super. Well, that's brilliant, Fergal. I mean, we'll let you go now because I'm sure you've got uh, got some planners to do and free runners at Ludlow as well later on this afternoon. So best of luck Two for them. Two, oh, is it two? Is it sorry? Yeah, yeah. Champagne, well, and, and ask and ask the lady in the bumper. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, it, it, it was. Um, no, it was. You know, it's kind of you to to get me on. Thank you very much. No, brilliant. Thanks very much for coming on. We appreciate your time and best of luck for the for the rest of the season. Bye bye.